You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. One of the things I love about my upcoming guest is in this interview, he shares, and he works a lot with like big time, you know, CEOs and and managers and such, but he shares some great insights around visionary leadership, leading yourself, leading others. But also he shares like humbly around his own loneliness. And I just thought, you know, that is upping your brave to just be so open that you can say, hey, you know, it's been lonely and specifically for him moving from a different country to New Zealand, but even just anyone here, you know, it is easy to be lonely. Um, and just the other day I met at my, at the beach, you know, at a cafe with my business networking club that I run, it's called Empowered Connections. And sometimes we have guests come along. They're not speakers. They're just, they just come with a free pass. They're just a guest, someone's friend that gets invited. And we had this amazing guy join us. And he was saying how he really wants to work with more men, um, not necessarily mentor, well, mentoring teens but and mentoring men, but also just getting other men together. He's like, we don't do this. We men, we don't sit around, you know, at the beach on cushions or at a cafe when the, when the beach is, is too windy and, we, and just have this deeper level conversation. Like there's not as much opportunity. And I said, you know, you're right. Like there's there's network, quote unquote, right? Networking clubs and organizations. But the difference with mine is I say, you know, leave your ego at the door. And I've said that for 10 years when I started my business, which is called GoToGirl Limited, which was essentially a business networking club. And I would say 10 years, 11 years ago, I used to say, Lee, this, this is not where you walk in the door and you, you're all bright and shiny with your business card. Everything's perfect. Everything's great. No, this is leave your ego at the door. What are you working on at the moment? And how can we help you is literally the vibe. Do you feel the difference in energy between, hey, guys, things are amazing, you know, hire me versus, hey, guys, this is what's going on for me. And this is the this is what I would really love from you. It's just a totally different energy and a different vibe. And he said, um, the guy that came along to my session this week, he said, there's just nothing like this for men. And so, hey, I would love to put it out there. I would love to hear about um, different organizations or groups or things going on for men where you can just kind of be you and get real and ask questions and feel totally comfortable and included and connected um, and not lonely. And I know there's amazing stuff out there. I just love to hear more about it so I can help to spread the word. Uh, with that being said, let's introduce our next guest, Adam Harris. Um, Adam is amazing. He is a speaker, an author, a presenter, as I said, a facilitator. He's a huge fan of mastermind groups. And if you don't know what that is, he's going to talk about it in our interview. Uh, but basically the power and the synergy of people coming together, be it in person or online and having that level of accountability, brainstorming, you know, sounding board, uh, because usually the question you're about to ask somebody else in the group, and the group would normally be eight or 10 people, um, or slightly less, probably is wondering the same thing. And I find the same thing with my, with my Align and Amplify coaching club that I have, same thing. It's like, that's the power of bringing people together, is that whole together we rise vibe. And today I'm talking to Adam about his topic of visionary leadership of self and others. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me. So good to have you on the show today. If you guys haven't met Adam before, he is a speaker, an author, a prov 
provocateur. He is an intuitive. He likes to ask about the five whys and is always challenging the status quo. We love that here on Reality Check Radio. We love to challenge the status quo and to tell it like it is and to remain open-minded and asking critical questions. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I know I'm that you're in- <laughs> amazing. I know that you're in Taranaki. Um, so before we dive into leadership, um, how is the vibe down there? Uh, do you know what, um, Natalie? The vibe here is really, really good. I moved here three and a half years ago from the UK. Uh, we pretty much sold up everything. Uh, moved here. We felt the calling. I felt the calling about 30 years ago when I first landed on the shores. Uh, my uncle and aunt emigrated to Fongaparoa. Uh, and I just knew at some point we were going to move here. And then an opportunity came about. Um, I saw the green school that was being built down here. Both myself and my wife are former teachers. And it was like, actually, do you know what? That's where we're going to move the family to. So, uh, yeah, just life down here is very different. Um, and I'm sure we'll cover that at various points during the uh, during the show. Oh, I'm I'm intrigued because I while I haven't lived in Taranaki, I have lived in I think four places in New Zealand: Timaru, uh, Marlborough Sounds, Christchurch, and Auckland. Yes, those are my locations so far. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm keen to hear a little bit more about about what that's like down there. Um, so you came here from the UK. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think you work in, is it in the corporate space or with teams? I'd love to know like the leadership that you've experienced or you've witnessed or noticed in New Zealand generally, and specifically, I don't know, over the past three years. Yeah. So I kind of came here. Uh, I've had challenges with my uh, visas and residency. And, you know, the aim was always to stay here long term. We, we took a a punt in leaving the UK and coming over on what was called a guardian visa, which meant that I was able to work remotely. So I've, I've still now got clients back over, back over in the UK, but being somebody of, um, of service, I always felt that I needed to give back to others. Uh, and what was interesting is, is as we were moving towards um, going into lockdown here, the UK was probably about two or three weeks ahead of what was going on. And I, I, I turned around to the, so the local uh, institute of directors um, organization said, look, I'm telling you now, this is what's going to happen. Um, somebody's going to need to hold the conversation with the business community because, you know, we're going to we're going to be in a space where the ability to be able to communicate and make decisions is going to be very, very different. Um, you know, it, I, I was heard, but it wasn't necessarily acknowledged. Time goes on and then I get a call going, hey, Adam, I think you're right. I'm like, OK, look, I'm not saying I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> um, yeah, we'd love to do something. What do you suggest? I was like, well, look, just go on Zoom. Oh, yeah, but um, none of us know how to use the technology. I'm like, OK, look, I've got an enterprise version of Zoom. Just use it. Yeah, but nobody knows how to, um, you know, to run the meetings. I'm like, OK, do you want me to do it for you? So I'm like, OK, cool. So I literally just went into service very fast, very quickly and we're supporting a number of different organizations locally and, and, and across the country just to maintain the conversation and the narrative to, uh, you know, it, it was an incredibly challenging time for everybody and the decisions and the choices that people were having to make on the fly. Um, I think some of the observations that I've noticed since I've, um, I've been here is there's a very high level of compliance. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a couple of things uh that um a couple of uh, people have said to me which have really stuck really true 
So the first thing is, is that um, in other parts of the world, you will, you can, it takes five years to meet the decision maker and five minutes to make the decision. Here in New Zealand, it takes five minutes to meet the decision maker, but five years to make the decision. So, you know, the, the aspect of kind of one degree of separation, um, you know, to be honest, here down in Taranaki, um, you know, somebody's probably a cousin of somebody. I mean, it, you know, it, it literally we're, we're living in a in a land where the proximity of knowing people is really high, which is great. So you can get in front of the right people. But the ability to be able to make clear and decisive decisions um, is often uh, lacking. The other thing um, that somebody pointed out to me is that here in New Zealand, um, because there's a there's not a large number of people. Um, where in other countries, I'm from the UK, you're from uh, from America and, you know, a lot of other countries is that typically a leader will be in a role for maybe a two to three year period, maybe up to five. Mm. But what they're actually looking at doing is when they're recruiting, they're looking at bringing somebody in that they're going to be able to train, uh, delegate and elevate, get to the position so that they can then move on either within that company or, or moving elsewhere. Um because there's a shortage of high-end leadership roles, uh, the average position probably is about six to nine years. So what that actually means is, is that the progression opportunity is quite slim. And then the ability then to, when you're looking at bringing somebody in, and I, I've seen this with my own eyes, is you won't bring the best candidate in because if they're really hungry and up for it, they're going to have your job within a couple of years. So there's a real apathy around um, basically under recruiting. Mm. Um, so a real, real challenge. I think the other thing is, is the um, self-awareness. There's a lot of people that are um, leaders that are actually managers. And that ability in first and foremost, for me, a leader is somebody who um, takes full ownership and responsibility. They have high level of self-awareness. And actually, you know, they realize that their sole responsibility is to make themselves redundant. By making themselves redundant, the, what they've actually done is, is they've empowered, delegated and elevated into uh, into the team or the individuals that work for them, which actually creates the space for them to move into. But the challenge with that is, is that it's it, it, that's a different mindset. Um, and there's a there's a stagnation of uh, leaders that want to grow themselves and their teams. You you've mentioned so many interesting things. First of all, I love that phrase, delegate and elevate. And it is a bit tragic that in companies where you'd, you think that they would want the best of the best, that sometimes just for their own, whatever, human fault or fear of being ousted, um, under recruiting and in the, you know, the outfall of that, of course, or the, the missed potential for the company. That's a bit tragic. Um, do you find that part of that is cultural, meaning... Well, a lot of the people that I know, I mean, most of my friends and clients, I would say 80% are, I would call them internationals, meaning born somewhere else. Um, and I don't know if that's just me and the people I attract and surround myself with, or if it's a reflection of Kiwi culture in those higher positions. You know, if someone comes in from a different country and they've got this kind of like, I'm my, I'm, I'm here to really make myself redundant mentality. And then they get amongst the Kiwi vibe and they're like, oh. I mean, is it cultural? How much of it is cultural? Oh, I think there's a massive cultural thing. I think there's a, there's a couple of things for me on this. If we look at the education system globally, okay, so it's not just here. And I say this as a qualified teacher 
a former senior lecturer within a number of different universities as a father and somebody that has sat on the boards of a number of different schools. Okay, so I've got yeah. context from a number of different perspectives. Yes. Um, one of my, uh, one of the the uh, the people that really inspired me was a, a guy called Sir Ken Robinson. Uh, definitely worthwhile just searching up. And basically, his fundamental message was is that the education has not been fit for purpose for over a hundred years. It was de- designed uh, in the Industrial Revolution to create individuals that were workers within factories that were doing mundane tasks um you know and actually uh, a side note on this is the way that ai is shaping up and uh, evolving very fast very quick is that uh, actually it's even going to supersede even further so what what we what we if you look at the education system and you look at society as general is that we haven't been taught to think and challenge and question we've been taught to follow instructions and rules and compliance right um, there's a reason why we're on this show, and that's part of the a part of the fact. So when you look at when you look at that uh, compliance level um, and you know following herd mentality, etc., is that there's no surprise that when we look and we go into organisations, is that the um, the innovation, the creativity, the opportunity to think and feel differently is really lacking. So I think from a global perspective, that's there. If we then look at, um, you know, New Zealand Kiwi culture is, is that the aspect of kind of tall poppy syndrome, if you want to step out from the norm, uh, the, the the general expectation of what you should or shouldn't do, you've, you've got to have high levels of resilience. You've got to have the ability to be able to kind of, uh, you know, almost um, wings of steel, knowing that you're going to be condemned or um, ridiculed for doing something that may well be be different. Um, interestingly, my wife's PhD is in uh, entrepreneurship, and she studied quite a lot within um, UK, Europe, and North America. And interestingly, um, if you look at American culture, the aspect of failure is just part of the process. So if you if you're an entrepreneur or somebody that does something that's out of the norm, you're celebrated for giving it a go hey well done you know you didn't do it this time but get back on the horse and try again so there's the the culturally there's the ability to 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 try to not succeed but to re you know realign and then go again um in the uk and definitely here in new zealand it's like you know to be that outlier you know the odds are stacked against you because that support and that ecosystem that's going to help hold you um is very very few and far between so definitely that, you know, culturally, it's uh, it, it does not allow um, the conditions for success. What I've also observed is, is that, you know, and I think you kind of pointed it to it in the question is that when you get somebody that has come from an international perspective or they're born here and they go elsewhere, they come back into uh, the environment, they go back into an organization uh, in a leadership role is that the gap is so far is that actually what they have to do is they have to bring themselves down. But actually there's a, there's a real opportunity. And, and this is the space that I work in is I work in the space of helping those leaders create what's the culture that you want to create. That's going to allow you to have the vision, to have the alignment, to be able to kind of move forward, but we've all got to do it and we've got to take responsibility. I'd love to think that the, the, in the, 
and I don't work in a company culture. That's not my space because I am, you know, I, I am a solopreneur. But um, I'd like to think that the Kiwis, with if they did have a leader like that come in, they could rise to that that energy and that that culture rather than dragging the other person down. Interesting what you say about the the worker bees mentality or the um I I had a conversation in, in the in the car the other day with a 15-year-old that I was driving, not my child, and they were talking about that. Well, school is really just training us how to be workers and I was and they were talking about the matrix and I was like Oh my gosh, I'm loving everything you're saying. Like, and obviously it possibly comes from one of their parents. I'm not sure, but you know, I thought that was amazing. I was really, it was heartwarming to hear a 15 year old start to kind of question the school system and the relevancy of some of that. And so I, I was just, I was, I was feeling positive after that. Well, look, here's the thing. If you think about it, um, uh, maths, you know, and I'm not trying to underline any aspect of uh, of learning, but it, s- school and education is just one aspect. You know, it, we've always been influenced uh, by those people that uh, that we surround ourselves with. So, whilst you uh, are a solopreneur, you have uh, groups and organisations uh, and clubs that you that you share values with. So you're you're picking up and you're learning, and you know the the aspect of understanding and hearing things from people that you that you know, like, and trust is is going to influence. So you know the I can't believe I'm saying it. The youth of today, um, if you look at the influences that they've got, is that yes, they've got school, yes, they've got their parents and their and their peers, but the opportunity now to kind of uh, to to find the groups or you know the people that just get them. Um, is far far wider and greater. So, um, you know, I, I know if I if I reflect on what I'm doing now, uh, what I learned at school is minimal. You know, I I I think we we need to show ourselves and also those around us that actually every day is a school day. The learning that we take from lots of different things, um, and and you know what. What's amazed me over uh, over a period, uh, and even more so that's been highlighted over the last three years, is people's ability to just uh, conform and not challenge. So somebody says, this is the way that it should be. It's like, okay, cool. So are you going to take that because some one person has told you? Are you going to challenge the authority? Are you going to challenge your own decision-making as to why you should or shouldn't do something? So um, the observations that I had th- as we were going through uh, the mandates and the, and the lockdowns, et cetera, was, you know, and, and bearing in mind is that, again, context is that um, being being a professional coach and challenging uh, individuals, organizations in the status quo is that I'm, I'm always asking why. So why, 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 why? You know, the aspect of kind of the five whys. So... I'm seeing, and then I saw it from you know what was going on here, and I also then got a lens of seeing what was going on in the UK, and then what's going on in in, in America. Um, in at what point does an individual just accept what they've been told, or what they read, or what they hear, or what they or what they see, without the ability to kind of go, I want to find out more information, I want to. I want to take my own perspective um, 
And it's, it's it, irrespective as to what side that you sit on. You know, I, I had a couple of situations when I was growing up, which really probably highlighted this for me. And I think it'd probably be, be interesting to kind of share with the listeners. So um, I worked in Northern Ireland for um, near on nine months. So there was a huge amount of troubles over the years in, in Northern Ireland. I <clears throat> I uh, was in a small place called Bellamina, which is about uh, an hour north of Belfast. And there was a, a car fire. The first I heard about it was two days later when my brother said, hey, are you all right? I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, well, there was a car bomb in uh, where you are. I'm like, excuse me? And I did a further bit of re- you know information and just kind of go, the narrative that was played out took it down a particular path, which that made you think, or others think, this is what's going on without even without even second guessing it. You know, these these sorts of things have been around for a, for a long time. I think uh, from an individual perspective, from teaching our kids and also definitely within, um, you know, uh, the corporate environment and within business, we have to be inquisitive and challenging because actually that's where the growth comes from. If we if we stagnate and stay still, you know, that, that old saying, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. The only way to break through that is to ask questions, is to challenge self and others to be able to to find uh, a better, more productive, different way that's actually going to going to add value. Bit of a rant there, sorry. I, I love it. I totally <laughs> agree. And I to answer your question, which was back there, like at what point do people stop complying and start to ask questions? And from what I've seen, and particularly in the past three years, they don't until it affects them directly. And so, well, not always, not everybody, because for me, I work for myself. So it really didn't, it wasn't a big deal. If I, you know, I couldn't go to a cafe, that's fine. We'll just do our networking at the beach. You know, I can't, um, you know, I don't need to see clients in person. Like I can work online. I did, that didn't affect me directly, but, but I have this very burning streak of concern for humanity and other people's rights as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and also I was worried about what they were saying and and I didn't believe and so I have trust issues, a lot of trust issues. And so I didn't believe a lot of it. But I think for a lot of people, they won't, quote unquote, wake up or ask questions until it affects them directly. Or so for some people, mandates, you know, oh, well, you know, it didn't, you know, it didn't affect them or they wanted to go on holiday or whatever. But for other people, different things will start to make them ask questions, whether it's the the baby will with the the vaccinated blood situation, or maybe it's um, you know, over in France, when it's like they're changing the the age of um, retirement and that's affecting people or maybe, and, you know, they're changing taxes. So that's going to if people are suddenly going to start questioning things around, you know, so it, until it really affects them directly, I think some people don't actually, they, not so much they can't be bothered, but it just doesn't come into their realm of awareness until it affects them in the back pocket or in the heart or wherever things they value sit. Yeah, I think there's also something to add on this in the fact that whatever the narrative is that we're playing internally, because it's now affecting us, inverted commas, is then to um, dismiss or really hold true to what we believe is is the right thing for us at that moment in time. And, you know, for me, what's really important is, is that, you know, there's a you have to have a level of empathy and understanding for other people. In being able to say, hey, Natalie, you may well think and feel differently to me. And whilst I disagree, I have to understand and respect that you have a different decision because that's the decision that you've made for yourself. 
um that ability to uh to to come out of ego mm. because that's what it is is that we believe that what you know what our truth is actually should be the truth of everybody else and we're not just talking here about um uh, about mandates uh and lockdowns and everything like that. It, it, it's it's anything is that what gives me the right to say that actually what I think, believe, and see and feel is 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 gospel? Because if I come at it from that ignorant perspective, I'm closing my mind to actually not allowing somebody else to have a different opinion. And actually, if if I go into it with an open mind and give myself the permission to go, hey, do you know what? I might be wrong. I might. So what do I need to do? And again, ask those questions to say, just just help me see it. A, a friend of mine in the UK, um, Paul McGee, does this thing <clears throat> from a leadership perspective. So imagine uh, a beach ball with six different colours on it. OK, so um, you see I, I, I hold it up and you see red, green and blue and I see orange, pink and white. And I say, well, what do you see? And you go, these are the three colours. I go. Uh, Natalie, you're absolutely completely wrong because this is what I see. I can't believe that you can't see the same thing. And, you know, we're at that juxtaposition all the time and kind of going, what I see is is gospel. And actually, by allowing ourselves to 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 sit in the other in the other seat or see it from some from the other side, there's a huge amount of actually learning and growth that can come from that um, by being open to that. And, and what he then does is he then turns the ball kind of on its side. Yeah. So you can then see all the six colors and you go, actually, you know, um, your, uh, your perception is your reality. Right. But actually what I have to do is that in order for, um, for me to think is my perception reality, is it an assumption or is it a known fact? And, and, you know, when I'm coaching and working with leaders and working with teams, this thing that really comes through is that, I can't believe that such and such has done this or, you know, I feel unjust and everything like that. I go, okay, cool. So you, you have a thought, a feeling or an emotion that kind of sits beneath that. That's great. But is it an assumption or is it a known fact? Oh, it's, oh, actually it might be an assumption. Okay, cool. So how are you going to get clarity? Well, I probably need to ask the question or I need to do some research or I need to do something to, to actually get, get the, the solid facts. Um, and when when individuals are then challenged from that perspective, and and a lot of the times things so things are so emotive, just that take that ability to take that step back and go right, okay, is it an assumption or a known fact? Um, you know, I, I I work and I help people understand that clarity creates confidence, and when you have clarity first and foremost for yourself, but you also have clarity on what's expected of you. Uh, that then allows you to then be coming from a center of truth, which then allows you to move forward. Um, uh, another one of my sayings is, is that, you know, there's three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side, and there's the truth. And the truth will always be a, a combination of both sides. You know, I, I can't I can't um, sit here and say that I'm ever 100% right on anything because I only see it from my my narrative, my window. And I, um, I think that's where we've been. I mean, that's that is human nature, but specifically with what we're navigating now, that's where we've been. Like, so people have what they perceived, and I have what I perceived, and my you know, other people in my life have what they perceived. And now it's like, how do we move forward? You know, so it's this, I guess, as we lead ourselves, and I know you like to talk about visionary leadership of of oneself and others. Um, how do we lead ourselves forward as 
possibly more truth becomes known or revealed or um, especially in the workplace. How do we move forward? How do we lead ourselves first um, as we navigate these these new times, hopefully moving out of these crazy three years into another phase of craziness? <laughs> well, look, here, here's the thing is that if it's not this, then it's something else. Yeah. You know, um, if we look at our own individual lives with all the components that sit within it, uh, you know, and we were speaking about this b- before we got on air is that you have all these multiple different angles. You know, you have your work or your job or your career, your you know, kids or uh, spouses or anything like that. If you actually reflect and go at what point in my life was every one of those as good as it ever has been? It's probably only one or two moments in your life when actually everything's been working completely the you know the way that you want to be so uh as we live life um challenge and opportunity and uh discomfort and growth it's that's the one thing that actually is consistent Mm -hmm. so how and what do we need to do to not fight it because if we try and fight it we're we've got to first and foremost accept and then it's a case of right, okay. What do we need to take ownership and responsibility for on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? You know, for some people, it's exercise, journaling, uh, meditation, whatever, what, whatever it is that allows you to go to a place where you're able to kind of contemplate and have a level of reflection and have a level of calmness and stillness to actually understand that the the things that hold us back uh, are actually the things that are preventing us from potentially doing more of what we actually want to do. You know, often it's um, uh, one of my phrases is, um, you know, be frank and fearless. So actually embrace the the fear, um, you know, and have more focus, have more fun and have more flow. And actually when you're, when you're in that, when you're in more of a state of knowing um, you, you can live a more fulfilled life. I love all of those F's, the flow, the fun, the focus, definitely. Yeah. The fearless as well. And being frank, that's good. That's always good. Um, And is that what you're doing in your life Are you? I mean, obviously you're walking the talk. I know that you, I know, I know that you, you work with people in the EOS. You're, you're a professional EOS implementer. I'm not sure what that means. (laughs) I want to ask you about it, but I don't even know what to ask. What does it mean? Okay. So EOS stands for entrepreneurial operating system. So Six or seven years ago in the UK, I've been running, I've been coaching and running mastermind groups for chief execs for nearly 15 years. Um, client of mine came across this book called Traction by a guy called Gino Wickman. Um, and it literally changed my life. You know, I implemented it and I was like, this is really cool. There's nothing in it that's poten- potentially revolutionary. It's all stuff that's been seen, especially within within the business world. But what it does do is it simplifies the language to be the ability to be able to cascade it through the whole organization. So I spend my time now working with um, entrepreneurs and business owners uh, in helping them kind of, you know, solidify and get clarity around three things. The first thing is around vision. So making sure that they've got a clear North Star. Where are they heading as an organization? What's their, you know, Simon Sinek would say, what's their why? Why does the why does the organization or the business exist? Because it might not just be about making widgets. It might well be about, you know, uh, feeding the homeless, um, you know, in a region somewhere. Um, 
once they've got that vision, it's ensuring that every single person within the organization knows and understands, but also knows what their role is within achieving achieving that and then sharing it with the uh, customers and suppliers. Um, second thing then is around traction. So what's the consistency of meetings to ensure that we're delivering against that vision? So we we under we overestimate what we can do in a year. We underestimate what we can do in 10 years. So it's about making sure that there's the, the consistency. And we talk about an aspect of, uh, of 90 days. So what are the what are the goals or the rocks that we need to do for the next 90 days? And then the third thing is around healthy. So this is around, and this has been a challenge for some organizations here, but that's where the growth comes from, is that there's a healthy part. So the healthy part is around having the right conversations with the right people at the right time. So instead of those, hey, you know, Sue in accounts, I can't believe she's just done this. We're talking about them proactively. We're changing, you know, we spoke about culture. We're changing the culture within the organization to mean that it's okay because everybody has levels of accountability. So we move away from an organizational chart to make sure that people are accountable. And then what we're looking at doing is making sure that we're having the right conversation. So, hey, look, Natalie, do you believe that you're performing at the moment? Okay, cool. What, what do we we collective need to do to ensure that you're you're living your, and you're doing your best work because when we've got people in the uh, in the organizations that first and foremost are the right people they understand the values and the direction and the vision of where we're going but they're also sitting in the right seat within the organization they're doing their best work um they just start getting traction and we just move we just move forward it's it's phenomenal i, I love the work that i do I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of like team building and conscious conversations. And sometimes you do need to bring in an external person to kind of facilitate in how to have those conversations it, and because otherwise people, a culture, a company can get into a bit of a culture of their own. Oh, we don't talk about that, you know, or so-and-so always makes all the decisions. So it's just the way it is in mm -hmm. our company. Um, so I, I love that. I mean, I think, I think if we can all as humanity rise higher in terms of the levels of conversation and communication that we can have. And of course, I'm a huge fan of people in their job or business doing something they love in their area of genius, because then you're going to get higher performance as well. So sometimes someone's just in a job because they've, they're too scared to move or they're well, in the, you know, they're not in um, their, their zone of genius. Absolutely. And that taps completely into, um, you know, the work that you do with human design, you know, when yeah. you know and understand who you are, what you are and what you're supposed to do in this world, um, things become a lot easier. You know, the, the the challenge just seems to dissipate because you're doing the love, you're doing the work that you love. And when, you know, uh, why would you not want to do that? Now, look, don't get me wrong. It takes time and energy and hard graft to sometimes get there. But actually, as you navigate through that, um, the lessons that you learn along the way, you know, um, it's challenging, but that's where the growth comes from. I agree. And I think I'd like to think that, you know, the corporate environment, hopefully in New Zealand, but definitely in other countries are ready to look at things a little differently. Like, you know, me with my human design, if I can go in there and talk to them about how can we understand each other better, judge each other less. And I usually say love, but let's say appreciate each other more and imagine the type of work that we can really, you know, the results that we can get for the company when everyone gets each other, not just what their, their, you know, their title is or their certificate degree on the wall, but like deeper level than that. And, you know, I did this session yesterday for a group and it was around 
I actually asked them at the start, where in your life are you out of alignment at the moment? Three, where, what three areas? And you mentioned it before, it might be wellness or it might be their fitness. That's a bit off or their, you know, their nutrition or what they're eating that kind of stuff. Or maybe it's the relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. one particular relationship, a friendship perhaps, or maybe it's around, um, you know, it might be around the work that they're doing. It might be a little bit off or, or their sleep patterns. And so we kind of looking at your life and asking like, where am I? I use the phrase out of alignment, but it's really, you know, where are things not working the way that they could work better? And that's what you're about, the high performance and leading each other. So tell me a little bit more before we go on to my questions that I love to people ask people about, which is upping your brave, um, a little bit more around the visionary leadership for self and others. If our listeners are listening and they're like, oh, this is interesting, but how can I be a better leader of my own life? What guidance would you give? Oh, uh, we've not got long enough. <laughs> um, look, I think I, I think there's a couple of simple things that I would say. The, the first thing is, is to um, speak to those around you. Speak to the people that you know, like, and trust. Um, the people that you admire, because you know, people will do people. People will do things uh, like the way that you do them. So if you, you if you're naturally drawn to an individual or a group of people, uh, just asking what their hacks are. Um, try something. You know, the um, one of the books I wrote was all around uh, all around habits. And it takes 66 days to put into a new into a new habit. That's what the research says. So um, try something, commit to it, uh, whether that be mindfulness, reflection, journaling, uh, meditation. Like it really doesn't matter because each person is is going to be different. Um, there's so much. I mean, if we think about the resources that are available for free, you know, going online and looking at, you know, TED Talks, Um I suppose the easiest way to say it is think about the biggest challenge issue or opportunity or the stumbling block that you've got at this moment in time and just type that into Google or YouTube and there will be a video Mm. which will just help you. You know, how do I navigate X? Um, I've got a problem with Y. Um, You know, somebody else has been, you know, uh, you know, running mastermind groups. One of the things I've always said is that, you know, the issues, problems, challenges and opportunities that you're going through at the moment, the person in the room has either been through it, is going through it or will go through it. So I'm a massive firm believer in experiential learning about learning with with others, hearing, seeing, feeling the what they're going through uh, and doing it. And and actually that starts with just having a conversation with a friend who is not going to judge you, is going to listen uh, and is then going to be able to kind of support. Uh, coaches are great. Um, you know, mentors. Find the one person in your life that can ask you a question that you can't ask yourself. Mm. I think that's a key point because I think to become the leader of your own life, you don't have to do it by yourself. You've mentioned masterminds before. So for those people that don't know what that is, um, I'll give my definition, but I'd love you to jump in. You know, it's a group of people, whether it be usually online, but sometimes in person that come together, maybe six people, 10, five, um, that brain, like that, that talk about issues and goals and things like that. So sometimes you need someone else to facilitate or bounce ideas off of. And I love how you said experiential learning, right? But also I think experiential learning adds to results in exponential learning. Because then that comes back to me saying, well, we can't do it by ourselves. It'll be a lot slower. If you try to do it by yourself, you don't get a, a couch or a mentor. You don't, 
have a mastermind group, you don't possibly go and seek out something, a life coach or someone that can help you dive deeper. What is your definition of mastermind group to clarify um, for people? Yeah. So I think, I think for me, there's, um, and I give an example on this. So when you're learning with other people, you're experiencing life through and with others. So like, as I said before, the issues, challenges and opportunities that you will go through or are going through others, others have got experience that they can add in. So um, COVID hit um, two weeks in the UK before, um, before here in New Zealand. My mastermind group were all prepped and ready and they knew exactly what they needed to do to execute on, 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 on dealing with the situation. The reason why is that one of the members had had a situation within their industry where something happened literally overnight and they had to pivot within 48 hours. So the group have lived through a similar situation. Mm -hmm. um, they knew instantaneously, we don't need to panic because this is something that we've gone through before. Okay, it wasn't me, but I was with David who went through it. Cool. Right. Now, what do we need to do? So that that ability to not panic and just deal with the situation, uh, you know, going back to one of the things we said before is that actually life just happens. You know, um, so it, one of the things for me that has always rung, rung true is that um, the higher up you go within an organization, the more money you get paid, not for the work that you do, but the decisions that you make. Okay, so if you think a, a worker on the factory floor that's taking widget A from um, point one to point two, their decision maker is, I just need to move it from here to here, right? If you're the CEO of a large corporate organization, you've got the responsibility of all your customers, you've got the responsibility of all the staff, all of the other stakeholders. So you will you will be judged upon the decisions that you make, and that's where the value exchange uh, comes there's an interesting thing that's beginning to happen with ai which is you know ai doesn't have the emotive uh background doesn't have the history mm -hmm. and can make the decision based on uh, on facts so if we talk about management and leadership it's going to be interesting over the next five five years is to where and what are the roles that will and won't exist and what are the new ones that will exist as a result of the next evolution of how technology is uh, is moving forward? Um, I've just gone long-winded in answer to your question. A mastermind is... I know, but I love that we went there, so yeah. carry on. <laughs> uh, a group of people that are either industry or sector-specific or not, um, ideally facilitated. For me, being a facilitator, I would say it, but it's the ability to, to challenge and hold the space to uh, to grow and develop into areas that you need to go, but you're not even aware that you need to kind of go there. Um, I, I love running mastermind groups. I'm running three at the moment. So yeah, just love it. I know so much, so much power in that. Um, all right, well, let's go to my one of my questions. I ask all my guests, what have you done in the last year where you've achieved, um, navigated or experienced something where you truly upped your brave? Uh, so earlier this year, I got a uh, residency here in New Zealand. So it wasn't just over the last 12 months. There was a, it, one of the things we talk about within EOS is a, uh, having a 10 year vision. 
So what's the 10 year target? What's the point? What's the marker in the sun that you want to get to myself and my wife? Uh, our 10 year target was to live nomadically. And the opportunity uh, came to kind of move to New Zealand. I was really clear that I wanted to give my daughters a different opportunity. I felt that the uh, UK specifically uh, was going in a downward spiral. Um, you know, one of the one of the advantages that I've had over the years of running these mastermind groups is that I've been exposed to some phenomenal experts, thought leaders, speakers, authors, etc. So when you start beginning to hear the same sort of thing, you kind of go, oh, actually, maybe it's not the right place to be. So that so we 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 decided that we were going to going to move here. The the challenge uh, has been way more than I thought it was going to be. Um, moving here, uh, physically moving, mentally moving, changing and adapting uh, business. Um, for the first time in my adult life, I had to deal with loneliness. So I literally remember a couple of days before we went into the first lockdown, March 20, uh, walking on the beach just down the road going, wow, I've been here four months and I'm lonelier than I've ever been in my life. Um, I then went into service. And it wasn't probably until nine months after that that I had to kind of kind of deal with that and just navigate navigate through that. Um, what What do you think? I know we're almost done, but what do you think is the reason for that? I mean, loneliness, of course, is a whole topic. We're definitely going to cover something like that in a future episode. But yeah, what's the main um, thing there for you? So I, I know I don't I don't think I know that um, I've I've always struggled through my life to have a sense of belonging. You know, it, my inquisitive nature comes from challenging and asking questions both uh, at home and at school and not a first of all, not being heard, but then not fitting in, being an outsider. And for years and years, I thought it was me. Um, then I got a realization through the, you know, through the personal development journey that I've been on and some of my, you know, the teachers and uh, the people that I heard is that I actually realized that it's just the way I think and feel is different. Um, I, I, I feel that I'm still trying to find my tribe. And, you know, uh, going back to one of the things we said is that those, the things that um, define and make who we are, the influences, you know, school, family, uh, social circles, etc., like that. Um, I felt I thought I was moving here and I was going to drop into my tribe. And it was the expectation that I'd set myself. And actually the learning for me was actually it's not, and you've still got to find. And you know, that, that, that's why like when you and I connected, however long ago, when you have those joyful conversations where you can just literally be sitting with somebody, you could talk for hours and hours and there's a, you know, the energy exchange um and and the service and the support and the love um you know and the the learning um i'm still striving and i want to meet more people like that you know the funny thing is because i'm a super connector and a total geek i've already made a list of a few people that i'm really excited to connect you with but you know the topic of today is visionary leadership i yep. feel like the future of tomorrow is around humble leadership which you've just exemplified for us today. It's like, you've got all these skills, you've got all this experience, you're helping all these other people in service. Mm -hmm. And then to acknowledge you've had, a, you've been lonely. And then to acknowledge that you still haven't found your tribe. I mean, that is humble 
leadership. And I feel like that's what we need because sometimes humility or humbleness, having the courage to actually ask for help, um, but also having the confidence to ask the the questions Mm -hmm. to challenge people to dig deeper which is, you know, like you said, you've always been like that. I can imagine you as a kid asking the five whys, oh. right? But it's like, we need people like that in society to make it okay for people that are more compliant, you know, and sometimes confusion creates compliance. Like you mentioned before, clarity creates confidence. And I'm like, yeah, and confusion creates compliance. And that's what we had in the last three years, intentional confusion, just mm-hmm. saying. Um, but I feel like I just want to honor your humble leadership and thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you. Um, one of the values that EOS holds is uh, humbly confident. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you for uh, observing that about me. Yeah, mm. appreciate that. All right. Well, my next question is about a bucket list. So maybe we can help you. This is um, this is my bucket list buster section. What is one thing on your bucket list that possibly the Reality Check Radio community can help you with? So I'm really quite clear on this. Um I want to work with a hundred leaders over the next five years in helping them to understand the vision for their organization and then action it moving forward. Um, that comes with change, challenge, and growth. But I would love introductions into individuals that are up for that journey because actually. I know that I've got a really tight sweet spot in working it in that space with the with the owner or the leadership team but actually what fills me with more pride is them that then them having the skills the knowledge the expertise to then be able to impact their organization but then the good work that they that they do so it's almost like kind of that kind of that trickle effect and kind of the, uh, the way that I kind of um the analogy that I use is um I'm a little bit like Nanny McPhee Often when I go in and I start working with a with a with a team, is that there's a there's a real kind of frustration and they kind of don't they don't want me there. Um by the end of the intervention, it's like I just disappear and they're like, hey Adam, where are you going? It's like, I'm done. My my work here is done. You know, you've now got everything that you need to be able to kind of move forward. Um I'm great. I'm a I'm a quick starter. I'm great at helping and 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 bringing energy and challenging and questioning and getting people to where they need to be but I don't need the recognition I don't want the recognition because actually I'm I'm in service and I just want to empower and give others uh and, and show them what they can do for themselves their teams their businesses but then more importantly the wider communities that they serve you work your magic and then you and then yeah. you move on because they don't need you that is empowerment um, okay, everybody, a hundred leaders. So if you if you have someone that comes to mind, if you're like me and you you have these sparks of people in your mind that might help others, you can reach out to Adam. Adam, my next question mm-hmm. is um, how can people find you, follow you, and how can they connect you with the hundred leaders that they might know? Uh, okay, so find me on LinkedIn, Adam Harris. Um, I've got a website, frankandfearless.com. I've got a podcast. Um I'm on Facebook. Uh, just just find a way. Um, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so LinkedIn is is LinkedIn or any of the other places. And you guys, I'll also have some posts and information about um, Adam on my Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Facebook page. What is coming up for you in the next few months? 
Oh, so um, one of the roles that I've got is also as an exec director for an IT company, www.ourcloud.nz. Um, I've really, I've been in the technology space for a number of years and I'm really keen to, uh, we're, we're, we're launching um, this aspect around um, business growth performance, but underpinned by by technology. So a, a lot of it is around, you know, making sure that we've got the right people in the right seats. But then how do we enable and use technology to improve effectiveness and efficiency? There's so much stuff that we're doing with regards to um, AI and automation and, and growth and, and development. So I'm just really, I'm really excited to be, to, to be, again, be, um, bringing the hybrid of knowledge and experience and contacts that I've got from, you know, from all the years that I've been working and then just sitting down uh, again, for me, it's actually about uh, the right mindset of, of individuals and organizations where there's a level and appreciation of, of value in wanting to grow themselves and their businesses moving forward. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things that I'm working on at the moment and loving it. Awesome. And I think the the fact that you've got this kind of, AI insight and plus all the experience with the leadership, it's going to be an exciting time. It's it's going to be a really interesting time going forward the next six months or so. Um, hey, Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to add? Ask yourself on a daily basis, uh, how and what do I need to do to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday? If that's the one question that you ask yourself, uh, then that's enough. Um, and, you know, forgive, forgive yourself for all the things that you're not doing, because there's so many things that you are doing, which are just absolutely awesome. Be grateful, um, be grateful for who you are, what you've got and what you're going to become. And don't rush it because the universe has a way of just allowing it to just happen and flow when it needs to. Oh, I love all that. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom today for your um, humility and your authenticity and for all the work that you do. Keep provoking, keep challenging the status quo and keep being awesome. And hey, you're not gonna be lonely anymore. And now you're a member of the RCR community. Awesome, thanks Natalie, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. So great to hear from Adam Harris. You can find and follow Adam. He is um, on LinkedIn, Adam Harris. And he's also at frankandfearless.com. Uh, where it says, I work with leaders and aspiring leaders to achieve greater results for their teams, their businesses, and themselves. I help them get from where they are now to where they want to be. How? By being frank and fearless. I ask tough questions and create the space for my clients to stop, pause, and reflect. Out of that space comes clarity and real opportunities for growth. I love that so much. I love the frank and fearless. I remember when I first met Adam, this is about four or five years ago through the Professional Speakers Association. I guess maybe it was four years ago when he first came from the UK. And I just love the synergy of the name, Frank and Fearless. I said that it, that is so in alignment with my Up Your Brave um, vibe. My, and of course, now my Up Your Brave show. So I think that's so amazing. You can also find him. He talked about being an EOS facilitator, eosworldwide.com slash Adam hyphen Harris. So you can find him there as well. I love in this interview, we talked about the five whys. So asking the why, why, why. We talked about um, how clarity can lead to confidence. 
and also how confusion can lead to compliance. We, Adam mentioned how every day is a school day and so many other amazing insights from him. And one of the things, as I mentioned, that I love so much is that humble leadership that he displays. Um, and his goal, of course, which is to work to work with 100 leaders over the next five years. Um, and really, I, I love that because that's amplifying your impact, which is what I'm all about. You know, I often say I help the people who help the people. Well, that's exactly what Adam does as well. He helps the people like the CEOs and the managers and such, who therefore help the people on their teams and in their lives. And we all know the ripple effect or the trickle down effect of when you show up as a leader in your workplace or in your role or in your community or in your own family home, in your own life, when you show up as a leader and you have a clear vision of how you want to be, and then you, you move towards that, that has massive, um, massive exponential impact on the people all around you. And it really does shift the energy. And that's what we're also doing here in New Zealand, you know, well, and worldwide, we are shifting the energy, the consciousness, the awareness, just with how we show up individually, as well as, of course, the questions that we ask and the things that we stand for and the things that we will not stand for. So um, keen to hear your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts or anything that really sparked for you on Adam's um, interview, you can let us know. You can also, by the way, comment. I'll be putting some posts up on my Facebook page, which is Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh. So you can um, you can go ahead and comment on a post there or private message me there. And otherwise, if you want me to read something out on radio or just to let us know some feedback, you can get in touch, inbox at realitycheck.radio and also 2057 on the text. You've been listening to Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on RCR Reality Check Radio.